Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and changemakers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. And this is your host, Maiko Shafrat. In today's episode, I talk to Anna and William Brightman, the brother and sister co-founders of UpCircle. They are on a mission to make skincare truly sustainable by using recycled materials. When they realized how much coffee ground went to waste in their home, they started thinking about possible solutions. UpCircle has since developed a process to recycle coffee grounds into high-quality skincare products. Since starting, the company has saved 30 tons of coffee from going to landfill. Within the next five years, the siblings and business partners plan to save an additional 1,000 tons of coffee grounds. UpCircle was featured on Dragon's Den last year and received investment offers by three of the dragons. It's great to have both of you on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. The movement for more sustainable beauty products has been growing over the years um, with brands like The Body Shop or Lush uh, that are capitalizing on this. Um, what's wrong with existing products and why is it so important what you do? Sure. So um, I think for us, uh, what we find perhaps unsustainable is that even within, say, uh, green beauty sphere and the world that we, we're in, it's still ultimately promoting a consumerism which is predicated on uh, the use of virgin or new materials. Um, in other words... This is a model of consumerism where you have an input and it creates an output, which is typically waste. Uh, and I suppose what we wanted to do differently was look at it from a viewpoint that is there a way that rather than simply getting new ingredients and turning them into a skincare product and then at the end it you know it gets thrown away or whatever or it's finished, is there a way that we can take ingredients which already exist? and have already been used in one way or another uh, and create new uh, innovative skincare products and beauty products which actually still have a huge amount offer to uh, which still have a huge amount to offer to your skin uh, and i suppose for us that was our, our critical point of difference is that rather than perpetuating the create take make wake uh, the the take make waste model which typically pervades in society we wanted to promote a circular economy by taking ingredients which had already been used and rather than simply discarding them or throwing them away, uh, elevating them uh, into uh, new natural organic skincare products which still perform uh, fantastically well for your skin. And it doesn't necessarily have to be so much that <clears throat> what's out there already has got something wrong with it. But we're trying to challenge people's perceptions of what they're considering as waste and actually hope to demonstrate that some of these ingredients are not only just as good, but could actually perform even better for their skin. And coffee is the perfect example of that. Um, studies have shown that the level of antioxidants in used coffee grounds are actually even higher than fresh coffee. So we're really asking the question, why are we choosing to throw away these fantastic ingredients in the quantities that we are when actually they have so much to offer us still. Why are we saying that they are at their end of their service life when actually 
they still can can do so much for us. And that's what we're also trying to to get people to question and to think about. Amazing. Uh, how did it all start? Uh, was it literally you realizing, oh, wow, there's a lot of coffee going to waste? Uh, did you have a background in the field? How did you figure out that coffee could actually be used in that sense? Uh, well, the initial idea came after we were bought a cafetiere. Um, so just brewing our own coffee every day in the morning uh, without a garden. So a lot of people just would put coffee grounds onto their plants because um, it can help to grow them. Um, but but we didn't have that possibility. So we were just throwing it all away. And that got us to thinking, well, if we are producing this much waste every single day um, just by enjoying a morning coffee, then how big must the scale of this situation be on a, on a, on a much bigger scale, you know, from coffee shops or office buildings? Um, coffee is so hugely popular at the moment, and that only seems to be growing. So we just started calling up coffee shops and asking them what they do with their waste. Uh, they informed us that they actually have to pay the council to have the coffee removed uh, and disposed of. So when we suggested that maybe we would just come and take it off their hands <laughs> and would they be open-minded to that, they were more than happy to to get on board and to to let us do that. So, you know, mm. we started with one or two coffee shops and then we've gradually built it up and up and up as as our as our idea and our brand has grown. So it did just start with with us and that idea of wanting to to tackle coffee waste from that we then built up our concept that we would become a, a skincare brand a circular skincare brand taking coffee and other natural ingredients and turning them into our products um but it just started with our, that initial light bulb moment of of uh, that problem that we were facing every single day and then broadening it out to a much wider issue But uh, neither mm -hmm. of us had a specific background in cosmetics or, or the beauty industry as such. Uh, William was working in finance and I was um, more of a manager. So I was working as an area manager for a well-known supermarket. Um, so much more in kind of staffing, although it was helpful for things like logistics, um, warehouse management, stock management, that sort of thing. But um, I don't think that we... we feel necessarily that we need to have huge uh, knowledge in these sorts of things because our entire concept is based around simplicity and, um, you know, kind of returning to basics and the value that you have in ingredients that you might just find in your kitchen. So that's what we're all about. Um, so, yeah, no specific kind of cosmetology background, um, but we learn every day. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, if you look at the beauty market, um, uh, it seems like there's a few big players that dominate like a large amount of it. Um, for you as a kind of emerging brand or like an unknown brand initially, uh, how was the process of breaking through that noise and then also convincing big retailers that you actually already convinced like Waitrose, for example, to actually make space in their shops and stock your products how, how did that work and how how were you able to convince them sure so i think the most uh, important differentiator for a startup or a, a challenger brand should we say uh, is really to do with in effect breaking the, the status quo uh, and telling your story so why why have you started it why are you making it what are you making it how are you making Uh, and it's really about telling the story and, and creating a deeper emotional connection to your customers than 
than simply you know buying going into a supermarket or your or your pharmacist or whatever and buying the brand that you've known for the last 20 years um and i suppose for us the critical thing is basically emphasizing that story and telling the story and creating that you know that deeper emotional connection with with the people who support us um because that is the difference having a clear uh, a very transparent um engaging um mission uh where people can readily access it and buy into it and, and understand what we're doing or why we're doing it uh, i think that is the point of difference it, it's uh, you know there are there are real people behind this company who are making these things they're doing it in a way which is sustainable it's transparent it's authentic um and i suppose you know as you can see with organic skincare natural skincare uh, at the moment which is obviously a, a very a rapidly grow, growing trend is that retailers the supermarkets or whoever want to tap into that it's a it's a rapidly growing market um and of course it's a risk for them because obviously we're smaller you know we don't have the enormous marketing budgets or or the the supply chain in place but for them it, it represents an opportunity to kind of either bring in a new customer who maybe perhaps hasn't shopped there previously or or to uh you know people who may be looking to kind of upgrade their skincare or look at different options for it i suppose for them it's it's yeah it's about bringing something fresh and new uh to their offering uh which is innovative uh different but at the same time actually performs for their customer's skin in a way which is probably actually better than the incumbents um and so i suppose that that's how we've been able to is is by providing an, a a genuinely sustainable alternative to what's already out there, um, which coincides with lots of the kind of consumer trends, such as, you know, uh, sustainability, uh, plastic waste, um, and so forth. Uh, and I suppose it's that proposition which makes us you know, an attractive, uh, an enticing op- op- offer or proposition to a retailer. And also, I think, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many brands at the moment who are going down the natural, organic, cruelty free vegan route uh, which is fantastic you know we would we would support that um however it's no longer a point of difference so what we do at, at up circle is offer something beyond that in terms of our um circular skincare solutions so yes not only are we natural sustainable vegan cruelty free handmade etc we also offer um that that completely different thing than all of the other brands. So I think that's what makes us memorable. I think it's what makes us stand out. And I think it's what makes us attractive to these big retailers. It's not something else that anyone else has been tackling. So um, we're more memorable in that sense. Mm-hmm. How do you communicate that to uh, customers though? I can imagine if I stand in front of a shelf, maybe in a Waitrose or uh, in a store that that stocks you, you know, my attention span is very short. There's a lot of other products that say they're organic or uh, <clears throat> vegan etc like how how do you communicate that message very quickly when i stand in front of the shelf that makes me choose your product sure and i think that you basically hit on there one of the biggest challenges of particularly operating in a physical retail environment over and above say a online uh, setting where online you have more mm-hmm time and uh, opportunity people are browsing for longer and and they can look into the product more and you know uh, look through a variety of sources for that information in a physical retail when you're practically bombarded with you know tens if not hundreds of different options uh we have to be very 
concise and very um, kind of clever about how we communicate that. Uh, so previously, uh, we were uh, called Optia, uh, and we rebranded in December. Uh, and one of the problems that we found is that Optiat, uh, which is an acronym which stands for one person's trash is another's treasure, uh, is a great kind of meaning. But in fact, it's very difficult for us to communicate that to the customer uh, in the very limited seconds that you have to capture their attention. Um, and so when we rebranded, one of the things we wanted to do was bring to the forefront and the, the, the front of the packaging, uh, the in effect, the USP. Uh, so, for example, with our coffee scrubs, we have, um, you know, body scrub. And then the next kind of message is made with repurposed grounds. Uh, and it really becomes the front and the forefront of the messaging when you have such limited time and, and limited real estate as well on the packaging to go, okay, this is the point of difference. And, it, and if nothing else, at least make someone either look twice or at least pick it up. And then on the back, we have a little bit more information about, you know, this is made from uh, repurposed, reloved, uh, Coffee grounds have been sourced from artisan cafes in London. Um, but yeah, it's been a learning step for us is in the kind of two and a half, three years that we've been around is to is to try and think a bit more clearly about how we can communicate that um, to the customer in a relatively short space of time. We really used our rebrand as an opportunity to streamline and unify our branding across all of our products. Um, for us as a brand, we launched our coffee scrubs quite quickly and, um, you know, they performed very well, but we needed to then take a step back and have a pause whilst we envisioned, uh, not just being a one product range brand, but maybe having 10, 15, 20, 30 different products and ensuring that the communication and the messaging of our ethos and what that actual product is, is very clear and concise on the front of pack. So now, no matter what the product is, uh, as you read it from the top to the bottom of the packaging, it follows the exact same format. So whether it's a coffee scrub uh, made from used coffee grounds or a soap bar made from repurposed chai tea spices or a moisturizer made from, you know, discarded flower petals or whatever else we might choose to bring out in the future, our customers, whether they are existing or new, uh, will browse our products on a shelf. Again, whether they are all sat in a block of upcircle products or whether they're interspersed between the different sections of the store. And as you read it top to bottom, it says very clearly and concisely what it is, what it does for your skin and what ingredient it repurposes. So your vision is really, or you're already on it. I think I saw on your website to mm -hmm. actually repurpose a wide range of different materials that go to waste right now, right? Is that Precisely. Correct? Yeah. So we started with coffee and coffee has been absolutely brilliant. We've used it not only in our body and face scrub range, but also for our face serum, where we extracted the oil from the coffee grounds to create a completely different kind of product. So not just using the coffee grounds as an exfoliator, but also using the benefits of coffee oil in a completely different style of product. Um, but we've now, now that we've made a name for ourselves as the brand who are creating uh, circular skincare from discarded ingredients, we're in a position whereby we've started to have businesses coming to us saying, Hey, you know, I own a tea company and I, uh, you know, brew through wonderful tea leaves when they still smell amazing. Do you think you can do something with that? And then we say, yeah, you mm. know, we'd love to. Or I'm a cherry farmer. I've got endless cherry pips. What do you think you can do with that? And that's amazing. It's so exciting for us that we can then begin to start creating these uh, innovative, pioneering skincare products from these ingredients that other people 
in their businesses or or their venues, you know, wedding venues with loads and loads of flower displays that then go to waste. Well, flowers and petals are wonderful for your skin. So if we can prevent that from going into the bin and create wonderful uh, skincare products from them, then then that's our plan. And we we are ready and uh, excited to take on as many of those ingredients as we can. Obviously, it's a slow process and we have to um, not get too ahead of ourselves. But um, coffee was just the beginning. Amazing. Uh, for <laughs> founders that are looking to launch products in the beauty space, maybe considering, okay, I want to be part of that revolution and kind of bring more sustainable beauty products uh, to shops and maybe online. Um, do you have any advice for them? Is there any, what's the biggest learning that you had that you would say, or oh, if we just knew this, it would have saved a lot of time and effort and hassle and headaches? Good question. I mean, it's difficult, those kind of questions, because you always feel like in order to get to where you are now, you need to kind of go through a journey uh, and make those mistakes that you make because it's it's by making the mistakes that you learn. Um, you know, for example, if we look at how, how we started out, so, you know, we had this idea in January um, and we launched a fully-fledged product in April at the London Coffee Festival. Uh, and, you know, to go from idea to, you know, it's, I guess you call it, you know, the minimum, minimum viable product. Um, and it was very rudimentary and it was very basic, but it was um, it was a product uh, that we were able to sell to consumers and get live real time feedback at this at this festival. Um, and along the way, obviously, you know, we've developed and we've evolved and we've taken <clears throat> the learnings um, that we've that we've picked up along the way and 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 we've uh, we've in, implemented them in what in whatever form it is whether it's brand name packaging messaging formulations and so forth um so i'm always it's always one of those ones where you're you're for me anyway the advice would always be just uh keep your costs as low as possible and just start and and start selling where possible as well and get that feedback and continuously iterate and evolve and improve and don't stand still um, in terms of kind of things that we've, I suppose, learned along the way or things mm -hmm. that we wish we had done differently. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been quite a unique journey for us because this whole, particularly with the coffee collection process, it's not really something other people do collect coffee and they have, uh, lots of people are coming up with imaginative, uh, ingenious ways of using coffee waste, but no one was doing it in the beauty industry. And so that had all of its own challenges. You know, it's all well and good turning it into a charcoal briquette, but asking someone to use it on their face has got a, quite a high criteria. Um, mm -hmm. So we've made loads of mistakes and we've learned the hard way, I would say, uh, from the off. And I think, I mean, in terms of character building, I'd just say that you've just got to have a lot of grit. Um, don't be afraid of making the mistakes and just keep going once you have. Um, also not to take on board everyone's advice because there've been countless times where me or William have met with people who've said, uh, you're, you're trying too hard to do something different, like play it safe. Um, there's a reason that no one's done this, et cetera, et cetera. And if we'd have gone with that, then, uh, we would have given up or just become very ordinary. Um, so I think mm. not being afraid to, Uh, obviously appreciate but then uh, kind of ignore people's advice is something that you've got to be willing 
to do and you have to be willing to take those risks uh, if you if you want to stand out and, and push forward to someone different. Uh, just last year, um, you featured on Dragon Stand, a TV show. It's probably a very exciting and interesting process. So, And also earlier this year, you actually uh, launched a crowdfunding campaign to raise investment. How was that experience for you? How, how was it different? And is there any insights you can share with founders looking to fundraise for their companies? Yeah, sure. So um, I'll talk about the uh, the crowdfunding thing. So um, mm -hmm. what happened was we uh, when we started out, we got a Virgin startup loan, which was um, enough, a relatively small amount, but enough to get us to uh, finance the first uh, mass run of packaging. Um, and so with that relationship already with Virgin, uh, A year, a year later, they um, contact us and say, we're running our very first, uh, they call it a crowd boost program, where basically they would take six companies who'd received funding and they would uh, basically a series of quite intensive uh, workshops to get to the, the ultimate aim of um, uh, raising money on uh, Crowdcube. And so this process was probably six months of pre-work before we even went live with the campaign. Um, because there is an awful lot of work that has to be done behind the scenes in order to prepare your company for crowdfunding. Um, and this involves things like putting together a, a presentation or pitch deck. Uh, you have to shoot a video. You have to get your financials together. You need to try and source lead investment. Uh, you need to plan your campaign. Um, you need to prepare PR for it and so forth. So there was lots of um, elements to a campaign, which the most successful ones typically... Uh, for example, raise north of 20% of their funding before going live. Um, and so that was a, a very powerful experience for us. We needed to capitalize on our SEIS, uh, Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, um, that which was running out. Um, and obviously that makes yeah. it a more attractive investment for uh, anyone who's looking to invest, uh, who's eligible. So... Um, so yeah, so it was a very, it was a wonderful experience. We got 377 investors on board, uh, who who now become basically our, our brand advocates who are spreading the message about what we're doing. They're obviously financially invested. They're emotionally invested. Um, and, you know, it's a great way to to access a pool of capital, but also to to, ha to, to access it to a crowd. And it can, also, it can be your customers. It can be your, your family, your friends. It can be people that you've never met before. But it's just a great way to um, to open up your investment And also, uh, and, and and get a, a whole host of different investors with different skill sets on board. Yeah, yeah. All I right. mean, in terms of in terms of Dragon's Den, I think what made that such a unique experience for us is we do, uh, you know, panels and talks, events, festivals all the time, as often as we possibly can. So we do get instant reactions and feedback to our products, but often that is people who are looking at you and they're always going to be very polite and, and nice, even if they don't necessarily love it. Um, whereas going on Dragon's Den, I think the most valuable part of that experience for us is that we then had five people critiquing our business and our products, you know, in such detail with no concern for whether it was hurting our feelings. Uh, it was probably the most honest and in-depth feedback that we've ever received about what we were doing so it really made us come away and um think about I, i would say we probably focused more on on the 
uh, constructive criticism slash negative points that they'd made than the positives, because those are the things that you don't get told very often. So it was a fantastic opportunity for us to take a step back and work on those and see how we can better improve what we're doing. Um, one thing that me and William always try to ensure is that we never see our business as a finished product. It is constantly evolving and we 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 welcome that and we we enjoy that always being a continual evolution, uh, always trying to be better. Um, and we encourage that dialogue with our customers as well. You know, if there's something that they don't like about our product, whether it's the packaging or, you know, a, a scent or whatever, then we want to take that feedback. But the Dragon's Den experience was phenomenal in terms of getting five very different mm-hmm. honest critiques of our products in such depth that we could then go away and uh, see how we could make it better it's really great to uh, hear about your journey from first starting out to uh, you raising investment to actually uh, closing all these retailers as well and kind of uh, being present in all these shops my last question for you is um, how does the world look like that you're trying to help create If UpCircle succeeds in the next 10 years, how does the world look like in 10 years? What are you trying to be part of here? I think ultimately we are trying to be part of a uh, company of a world which is really to do with promoting a much more sustainable ecosystem. So for us, the the key term is is circular economy. Uh, And what does that mean? It means basically regenerating uh, old or used resources um, rather than continuously developing and mining and creating new ones. You know, we looked at some of the interest, interesting kind of uh, industries where that's happening. For example, you've got IKEA, which recently announced you can rent their furniture rather than buying it outright. Uh, you've got, you know, some of the more well-known ones, you know, your Airbnbs, the, the Ubers of the world, where it's more towards shared or renting economy rather than outright consumption and outright purchase. Um, and so for us, it's really about promoting a more sustainable um, economy, environment, ecosystem, which is premised around rather buying something, using it and throwing it away, but going, here's something which has already been used. I'm going to find a new way to use it. And when it's finished, after that, I'm not going to throw it away, but I'm either going to recycle it or I'm going to find another way to use it again. And I think that is the way that the world has to move you know there's there was a circular economy conference in january and they were talking about how much something like 90 percent of uh, emissions are caused by um the, the the mining the creation of new new materials new um new goods and services and in fact we could do a, a huge amount to to mitigate for that if we do look for ways of reusing old ingredients or ingredients which still have a huge amount to give um rather than continuously you know, mining for oil or digging resources out of mines and so forth. Um, so that I think that's that's for us. Well, for me anyway, where I would see the world going is to more uh, circular in in its design and its uh, in its function. I mean, as a brand, we're determined to make products that leave the world better than we found it. Um, products that don't deplete uh, our world's finite resources in any way, but actually. Uh, use what we've already got and improve them. Um, And so now we're using our platform to share our ideas with our community, not just our ideas, but uh, the ideas of our customers as well. Um, So that not just in the skincare uh, industry, but across all areas of our lives, we can uh, share ideas and experiences for how how we can do things better. 
Um, and we use our blog to do that. We use our social channels to do that. Um, it's really a constant communication for ways in which we can all come together to create a better world. That's an amazing mission. And I wish you all the best on your journey. It's great to hear about your company. And I wish you all the best for the next 10 or uh, even 100 years. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining. This was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact.